Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. It is the second to last episode of 2023. Where has the time gone? Next week, we've got a special episode lined up for Christmas Day, of course. And then the week after that is the 1st of January. We're going to hit the ground running. December has, I feel, really dragged this year. It's been a very, very grotty month. We've been doing a lot of planning. I just want to get stuck in. Well, coming up today, I have actually interviewed a local community fridge and about how allotments can help with that. But firstly, meet me out in the garden. Well, I'm in the greenhouse in my garden here at home. And what I'm doing, actually, I'm just pricking out some of the onion seedlings that I sowed earlier this year. These onion seedlings, they're autumn sown ones and they will go into the ground pretty soon. We, of course, will be sowing onion seeds Christmas Day or Boxing Day, depending on when I have time, as is generally the tradition. I know I often say I have better results with growing onions from sets, but I'm going to try and grow onions from seeds each year as well to see if we can improve upon them. Now, this gives me a good chance because I have been busy outside doing a few bits and pieces, mainly mulching any empty spaces with some compost and checking to see that we have all the veg that we need for Christmas Day. Now, most of my Christmas Day veg is grown here at home because we ended up having many problems going to the allotment on Christmas Day. So, yeah, we've got leeks, we've got parsnips, we've got Brussels sprouts, we've got cabbages already for the big day and they will continue to grow or stay in the ground until next weekend but all the other areas we've been mulching that with plenty more compost now the garden here at home has actually been very very productive this year the front garden has produced plenty of food the six large beds that we have here have produced plenty of vegetables the veggie pod garden has been incredibly productive the only one that hasn't been as good would be the balcony garden. Now, this balcony garden was, of course, to demonstrate growing food in a balcony. But if I'm honest, it didn't get all the attention it deserved. We had food growing in hanging baskets and on green walls. The hanging baskets themselves was actually quite successful. It was the green wool that didn't prove very good at all it basically it just dried out far too quickly the green wool was basically this fabric material that had lots of little pockets into which we could plant food but it dried out far too quickly and didn't get as productive as i would have liked so i may have to rethink the plan for the balcony garden now the garden as i said it has produced plenty of food over this last year we have actually harvested i've totaled it up over 2400 pounds worth of food coming from this 250 square meter garden i'm pretty impressed with that and i've got to say you know we've had a decent amount of food the highest value actually came from the salad leaf we pick salad leaf almost on a daily basis so we have had plenty of that going right throughout the year but we've also had plenty of eggs from the chickens rhubarb tomatoes 
a wide range of different things that we have grown here at home and produced into the kitchen of course as you know there are changes afoot coming on in the next year what with new beds being built where the two trial beds were built this year and uh, we've been growing certain plants from seed this year as well asparagus and rhubarb are two examples which have proven to be quite successful actually and we're going to be finding homes for those but also repeating sowing those in 2024 just because they have been successful i'm really excited for 2024 to say the least and 2023 has produced so much food that i'm really really happy of it we have of course had excess food excess gluts at times courgettes are a good example we have plenty of courgettes but we've been quite lucky in that we've been able to fill our freezers up with the vegetables or soups or pre-made meals our freezers are pretty full and that should see us right throughout the winter months Add to that our shelves are full of pickles and chutneys all of which will go down very very well and that has meant that we have not needed to waste any of the food that we have produced and this is quite important to me as you probably know we are incredibly worried about being wasteful about food i particularly am feel it's almost criminal to waste food but earlier this year i actually spoke to a young lady at a local enterprise called a community fridge and what they are trying to do is stop food going to landfill now as it's this time of year with the thought of giving i thought this would make a nice piece to play in after we found out what we've been doing in the Supporters Club this week. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast so far. There's still plenty more to come, of course. But I do need to ask if you could do me a quick favour. And that is leave a review on your podcast provider. Leaving a review actually really helps us get found by other people who might be interested in growing their own food like yourself. And we've actually had a couple come in last week on Spotify. So first one came from Darren Bale. You wouldn't believe how helpful you are. I'm learning each month with the seeds and your guidance. I'm relatively new to growing and your podcast is the Lean On and Confidence 10 out of 10. Thanks so much for that, Darren. Uh, Darren's actually a member of our supporters club as well. And then I've also heard from Andy Phillips. Excellent podcast. Been listening since the beginning years ago over 10 years ago of course and then fine talk who also says great podcast so thanks so much for those reviews as i said it doesn't take long to leave a review but it really does help us get found now i did mention our supporters club in there as well and i run a supporters club which is a way of supporting this podcast and to be a member you simply head to the veggrowpodcast.co.uk you sign up and you pay five pound a month but what do you get for that you get extra behind the scenes podcasts as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door each and every month and these seeds can be sown in that very same month this week we've actually been sowing some mustard seeds mustard is a great leafy green one that i really really do love and uh, thoroughly thoroughly enjoy and also it's a cold weather plant So if you would consider becoming a member, I would really appreciate it. Now, as mentioned, we have an interview with a lady from our community fridge. So let's go find that out and head back 
a couple of months ago when I recorded this chat. Now I'm chatting to a nice lady by the name of Hayley and Hayley volunteers at my local community fridge, otherwise known as the Little, the Little Hampton Community Fridge. So for the listener at home, what is Little Hampton Community Fridge? Little Hampton Community Fridge is all about collecting the food that stores would otherwise bin and from other allotments and anybody that home grows food and saving it and giving it out to everybody, absolutely anyone, saving it all from going to landfill. We've saved over 400 tonnes since we've been going. That's fantastic, 400 tonnes, that's a lot of food. Lot, yeah. yeah, I know food waste is a very, very big issue and I've spoke about this many times in the past and trying to do our bit to reduce it. Yeah. Is it easy to set up one of these community fridges? You do have to go through some hoops for like setting up any group, really. There are rules and regulations to follow. But the day-to-day management of it is absolutely amazing because the whole community has come together. We have people from the allotments, people that grow fruit and veg in their own homes that bring it to us, as well as collecting the excess from supermarkets and small local businesses. So... We, it all goes together and we just give it away to absolutely anybody. Anyone's welcome. doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, save it from going into landfill. Yeah, because the main thing is to stop it going to landfill. It's not a food bank or anything no. like that for those who need it. It's just to stop it going from landfill. Yeah. Well, is there anything that's put in place to stop people getting ill? Because I know EHO like to trach a lot of food and a lot of hurdles to get into that. Yeah, we, we have strict guidelines that we have to follow anything past it's used by that particular words used by we cannot give out to anybody else everything past it's best before as long as still on visual inspection and obviously smelling it and what have you as long as it's still healthy to go out we will then offer it out to people free of charge as easy as that as long yep. as it looks okay and still with okay yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we do have a list of other guidelines that are there to follow from the health authority for food like tinned food which can actually go three years past its date of best before mm. so we do have that as a guideline because obviously we don't know absolutely everything but there's flow charts for us to be able to follow mm. so we can we can manage it sensibly now from what i understand the bulk of your food comes from local shops supermarkets restaurants but you also get quite a bit from our local allotments we certainly do our allotment community is fantastic at supporting us um, not only do they bring us their excess from their individual plots some of them have grouped together and have got a little plot on their allotment then they grow it specifically for us i mean that's for us is amazing so it's guaranteed fresh produce it's organically grown and we can give it away free so everybody happy i mean that is a great idea i do have an allotment locally uh, so i've seen these set up and people giving away but for me i really like the fact that we always have gluts on our our allotments are homegrown, especially courgettes at the moment. <laughs> Lots of courgettes, yeah. They go down very popular, though. You'll be surprised. Yeah, we have over 100 people every day that come to us, and we're open five days a week. So it's amazing what, what we do shift in a day of mm. food. I mean, 100 courgettes given away, that, that would happen, satisfy any gardener. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so if anybody listening is thinking they could do one of these in their local town, especially with their own allotment society or something, what would be the first port of call? I'm not really 100% sure myself because I didn't actually set it up. It was a lady called Sarah that organised it all to start with. But if you contact a community fridge, they won't. you don't have to reinvent the wheel. They'll share their details with a new community fridge and they can all work together. 
Are they in most towns these days, do you know? There's quite a few. I mean, my daughter's off to a university and the first thing she looked for was her community fridge in High Wycombe. So she's found it round the corner from her. So she'll be using that because she knows what it's all about, about saving the food waste. But there are quite a few. We have a sister branch over in Horsham that runs. And then we also do our on tours on a Wednesday where we go to four different outlets and serve the community that way so we go to Rustington, East Preston, Angmering and Wick up at Chilgrove House so we do try and spread out a little bit in the more communities to those that can't get to us. What a great idea. Now my, my final question is you've mentioned that uh, when food is past its best before day or uh, looks poor, yep. what happens to all that waste? Some of it does end up in landfill, unfortunately, but we do have pig collectors that collect pig the food from the back from us. So they'll take it for the pigs. We coordinate with them, give them a buzz. They'll come and collect it so it's fresh for them. We have several of those in the community, and a lot of people come and take the bread that would be wasted and feed it to birds, foxes and animals, which they're more than happy to do. What a great idea. My thought was we were going to look at composting, so that's quite... <laughs> Quite interesting to hear it feeds the pigs. Yeah, But I absolutely. guess composting is something that could be done as well in some form or another. It could be. We haven't got the facility where we are. We did trial it, but unfortunately we got too much compost that we couldn't then deal with. So we need another avenue. We're always looking for ways to reduce the food waste. So if anyone else has got any ideas, contact us, let us know. We're more than happy to pass it off to other departments. Mm. Having too much compost out is a gardener's dream. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking your time, Hayley. You're welcome, thank you. thank you. If anybody wants to find out more, where do they go to? Uh, Little Hampton Community Fridge. We are on Facebook. Follow us if you'd like and get date, get the updates. Or at East Ham Road in Little Hampton at the St James's Church. We're open five days a week. We're only shut on a Tuesday and a Sunday. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, it's Scott here and back with a final festive side dish and the ultimate in cauliflower cheese. I should probably start by saying I make no apologies for this one. It is decadent and probably not for those who are on a diet. But if we can't treat ourselves at Christmas, then when can we? I use three different types of cheese, but you could just use one or two. The key to this ingredient is the roasting of the cauliflower. You can make it ahead of time and have it ready to go in the oven when needed. If you were to only make one of the festive dishes I have shared, I'd make it this one. So, let's head to the kitchen and see how it's made. For this dish, you will need 1.3 kilograms of cauliflower. You can use the core of the cauliflower as well, just chop it smaller than the florets. 70 grams of butter, 70 grams of plain flour, 900 milliliters of whole milk, one bay leaf, one teaspoon of Dijon mustard, one tablespoon of Worcester sauce, 70 grams of grated cheddar, reserve 20 grams for the topping, 70 grams of grated Comte cheese, reserve 20 grams for the topping, 50 grams of diced Taleggio cheese, and for the breadcrumb topping, 80 grams of breadcrumbs, 40 grams of butter, and 20 sage leaves. Method. Start by tossing the cauliflower in a little oil, salt and pepper and place on a baking tray and roast in a preheated oven set at 220 degrees for 20 minutes. Whilst that's happening, make a start on the cheese sauce by melting the butter in a saucepan along with a bay leaf. And when the butter's melted, add the flour, give it a good mix and cook on a medium heat for three minutes. Now whisk in the milk a little at a time. 
The milk doesn't have to be hot before adding. You can just add it cold. The cooking and whisking will remove any lumps. Once all the milk has been added, cook for a further three to five minutes while stirring. Now add 50 grams of each of the cheeses and add the mustard and Worcestershire sauce. Now remove the cauliflower from the oven and transfer it into a baking dish and cover with a cheese sauce and set aside. Now fry the sage and breadcrumbs in the butter until golden brown and then sprinkle over the cauliflower and cheese sauce. Finally, sprinkle with the remaining cheese and at this point you can store it in the fridge ready for cooking or cook it immediately in the oven for 20 to 30 minutes set at 200 degrees or until bubbling and golden brown. And that's the recipe done. I hope you have found these festive recipes helpful and give one of them a try this Christmas. Well, I'm down on the allotment now. Now, I've had to get down the allotment quite early this morning. The reason being is that this weekend I'm actually helping my sister move house. She's had a massive life change experience, shall we say. I won't go into details, but over 2024, as well as feeding myself and my wife and my dog and my chickens with what we grow on the allotment and at home, I'm also going to be sharing a bit of food with my sister and her my two nieces. Now, I don't mind doing this. My garden, as I said earlier, has been incredibly productive in 2023 with £2,400 worth of food produced at home. And the allotment is of a similar size to my home plot as well. But we've actually managed to harvest over £3,000 worth of food from this allotment. So I do think that we are going to be able to share a bit of food with my sister and also the community fridge that you heard earlier on. Now the main advantage of having an allotment and doing things like this is that we have been able to produce things that don't need a lot of care. What I mean by that is things like leeks or cabbages or um, potatoes and sprouts things that can be in the ground don't need watering daily don't need picking daily but they can be in the ground and almost look after themselves and that's where the allotment has really came into play now the most value has came from onions funnily enough we grew a lot of onions and we harvested a lot of onions and that has meant that we haven't needed to buy any onions in and this is great news of course it's what we want now on that note, we have found that we haven't needed to buy any vegetables or fruit or anything like that at all this year. We've been incredibly lucky that all the food that we've produced on our allotment and garden has been enough to provide us with our veg, fruit and herbs. The main goal of what we want to do. And this is going to continue, of course. We're going to continue trying to produce all our fruit, vegetables and herbs. As I said, I got down here early and one of the things that I've been doing today is I'm continuing to mulch the beds. Now in beds that are empty, of course, it is compost going in just to throw down, suppress any weeds and get all the nutrients into the soil ready to grow some excellent veg in 2024. But I've also been mulching around fruit trees and bushes with some wood chip that we have delivered to our allotment quite regularly now. And also I've collected more seaweed for the asparagus bed from our local beach. And these are all being used as a mulch around our beds and around our plants. So very, very successful, got to say. And the great thing is I've said that this year 
particularly December. It's a very weird month, December. We're always busy getting ready for Christmas, getting ready for family. I feel that many of us, not that the allotment becomes a side issue, but it's difficult to get and do much. But we're marching the beds ready for 2024. Now, something else that I've done today is I've brought down a couple more bags of horse manure. Now, horse manure, of course, well known in the vegetable gardening industry as being great for our beds. And I throw this into my compost bins to build up more nutrients into the compost bins. We then it right down in there with all the greens and the brown material. And then when we need that compost, it is ready and rotted down. Now, in some ways, I could build a separate compost bin just for horse manure, but I don't really want to do that. Something I'm trying to do for 2024, my aim is to produce enough compost on the allotment that I don't have to bring anything in, or that I have enough compost to mulch the beds all year round and continue proving it on. This is going to be tricky. It means I'm going to need a couple more compost bins of a large size and find enough compostable material. I don't think finding compostable material is necessarily the problem. It's just being able to produce enough compost and have it available when we really need it. That's going to be an aim for 2024, of course, so we can see how we get on. Right, it is time for me to uh, finish off today and I will meet you back in the podding shed in just a moment. Well, we are approaching the end of this week's podcast. And as I said earlier, next week we've got a special podcast lined up. But the following week, we are going to hit 2024 running. I am personally really looking forward to a really good 2024. And I'm thinking it is going to be fantastic. I don't know about you, but 2023 has been a really good year for me. We've produced plenty of food. I've had a lot of fun. I've made new friends along the way as well. 2024 can only get better. I also have a few things lined up for 2024 as well. And well, as a bit of an early Christmas present for you guys, I'll let you know what is in the pipeline. We have the potential that somebody is going to be joining the Veg Grow podcast and sharing her exploits on her new allotment. So this is an allotment we're going to be starting right at the very beginning and getting the odd few updates from. In February, Sunday the 4th of February at CD Sunday down in Brighton, if you are in the area, I am taking part in a gardener's question time. I'm on the panel, so if you are available and want to come along to that, it's well worth it and you will see me on the panel answering your questions with a group of other people as well. Uh, at the moment, that's all I have that I'm allowed to talk about. We've got a few more things in the pipeline but I'll let you know about those as and when they happen. Right, well, if you have enjoyed this podcast and as asked earlier, please do rate and review on your podcast provider. If you have really enjoyed this podcast and want to help support the work that we do, then, then please do consider becoming a supporting member. If you want to get in touch, my email address is richard at vegetablepodcast.co.uk. If you also want to get in touch, you can leave a voicemail by heading to the vegetablepodcast.co.uk or you can leave us a comment on the bottom of a blog post. And of course, don't forget to find us on social media. We will be back again next week for the Christmas party. So until then, please take care. <laughs>